Hello and welcome to episode five of the Grass and Gravel podcast. This week we'll be taking a look at the international games and friendlies as well as this weekend's Premier League games. We will also be doing our thoughts on the second race of Saudi Arabia in the F1. I am your host, Joe, and I'll be joined by resident expert and chief editor from the Pitchsider, Toby. Hello, mate. And joined by our third guest, Sean. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Boys all right? Had good weeks? Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Should we move straight on to the football? Let's do it. Should we start with the international games? Um, so there's been a lot of international games. Um, are you going to do a quick roundup, Toby? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just go through the, each of the uh, the regions. So in CONCACAF region, uh, North America, uh, in their group, Canada came first. So it'll be the first World Cup they go to since 1986. Uh, Mexico second, USA third. Uh, they lost actually to Costa Rica at USA in their last game, 2-0. But uh, they had to have like a, a deficit of either... I think it was eight goals. Costa Rica to go third, but they didn't, they obviously didn't achieve that. So uh, yeah, Costa Rica fourth place, which means they have to play New Zealand in a playoff to see if they can get into the World Cup. In South America, Ball, Brazil came top, uh, Argentina second, Uruguay third, Ecuador fourth, and then Peru in fifth in the playoff, uh, which would be against Australia, UAE. So whoever wins that gets a place at the World Cup. No Colombia or Chile actually at this World Cup, which is a little bit of a shock um, for some of their bigger players. Sanchez, Bra- Bravo, Vidal, there'll be no World Cup. Probably the last World Cup they've been to, uh, would have been to, would be this one. So they missed out on that. In Asia, there's a few group uh, groups. Uh, Iran top theirs, Korea second, and UAE going to their playoffs. And in Group B, Saudi Arabia top theirs, Japan second place, and Australia also made it into the playoffs. And in Africa, Senegal beat Egypt. Uh, 1-0, uh, although the first game was Egypt's uh, won that one 1-0. So it went through to penalties. And I don't know if you saw that, but uh, during the penalty shootout, there's a lot of laser pens pointing at Salah. Yeah, didn't he lose um, vision or something? It was crazy, like, yeah. Temporarily, it was yeah, it was mad. It like a Christmas tree. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, Senegal once again beating Egypt on penalties. So they're through. Uh, Nigeria also uh, drew with Ghana due to the first leg Ghana going ahead. It means Ghana go through and Nigeria not going to the World Cup, which is quite a shock because they're one of the favourites to to get to the World Cup. Algeria as well. They lost to Cameroon 2-1. So Algeria not going through. Cameroon will go through. Morocco beat DR Congo 4-1. So Morocco will go through. And also Tunisia drew with Mali, which means they go through because they won the first leg. So that is Africa. Uh, in terms of Europe, but there's a few games they've had over the last couple of weeks due to the international break. One of the ones that I want to highlight is Wales beating Australia. Australia? Austria 2-1. <laughs> Not Australia. I don't know if you saw that, but Bale had like one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Beautiful free kick. Did you guys watch that one? I saw, I saw highlights of it. He looked proper back at it. He, he, yeah, was, really he was quality, yeah. Absolute class. So yeah, Wales go through to the playoffs on that one. Sweden beat Czech Republic. Uh, and Italy lost 1-0 to Macedonia, which was an absolute shot. This means yeah. that Italy will have missed the last two World Cups. Uh, that that Euros wins probably a bit of a distraction of how poor they've yeah. been internationally. Only England could lose to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to an Italy that's... team that's been struggling that much. Yeah, it's true, actually. It's true. It's... We were robbed. Yeah. Well... So it just may, means we'll win it this time then, the World Cup. No Italy, no problem. 
Portugal beat Turkey 3-1. Burak Yilmaz missed a penalty. And then straight after the game, he retired. And then after that, there'll be a few more games, which were Portugal beat Macedonia 2-0. So that ended Macedonia's quite nice run. Uh, Bruno Fernandes got two goals for Portugal, um, which were his first goals for Portugal that had not scored in a friendly or against Luxembourg. And <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, quite a stat there. And then uh, Poland beat Sweden 2-0. Goals from Lewandowski and Zielinski means that Poland go through to the World Cup. That's the that's the roundup. There's a couple of auto-friendlies this week, so obviously being English, we had two England games. And if you follow the Grass and Gravel podcast on Instagram, you would have seen that we went to the England versus Ivory Coast game, which was a 3-0 victory to England. Did each of you boys watch that game? I did, yes. Yeah, I, I've, I've sort of uh, gone off watching England, which is really bad. I did watch the I did watch the Ivory Coast game. It was it was a nice it looked like a it didn't look like our traditional team, if you know what I mean. It looked like a bit somebody had decided they were gonna play a load of young midfielders and we just looked we looked different. I don't know how to explain it. But, well, I, I, was, I don't think we looked that great. I mean, Ivory Coast didn't look that no, great. No, 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 we didn't. I'm not saying we looked any better. It just looked very different. It was almost like a different a different mindset. It was less defensive. And then obviously against Ivory Coast, you're not going to sit back. Ivory Coast did not look good at all. We should have really put them to the sword. It should have been way more than 3-0. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It, just, it was quite nice to just see like the likes of Grealish, Bellingham, Sterling, Watkins all in the same team which is probably what we've all been after. Yeah, um, yeah. it's nice to see, especially Mitchell as well, Tyreek Mitchell, yeah, yeah. coming at left-back. It's um, the first game for him. Yeah, it was, it was a nice it was a nice mix-up, but you would have just... It was one of them games where all of these guys are finally in the team. It's what we've all been after. You would have liked to see them go and put Ivory Coast to the sword and win 5-6 and look convincing, but it just didn't... It stuttered. You know, it, was, it was always the final yeah. pass, which has always been England's problem. At least that's what I've always... You just look at we just don't look like we could when it, when the momentum builds other teams would start going bang 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 and if they have to, and if they haven't got a good goalkeeper or a world class pair of centre backs you're scoring six or seven goals but we just never look like doing it even against a team like Ivory Coast which they look terrified <laughs> like when you see them play they were they did not look comfortable yeah, at all they were we, really poor yeah we only put especially, three especially when especially when they went down to 10 men as well yeah, Aurea, Aurea have, uh, got yeah Aurea went second off. card for descent which is yeah. not great to see but it was a friendly so you got to take it with a pinch yeah it's just, it's it's just a... these boys don't uh, like that mix of players don't probably won't play together again now for a considerable amount of time <laughs> um, so you would have thought that you would have hoped that they would just put the foot down and just make a statement but they all just seemed very comfortable with Scoring if we score, do you know what I mean? It wasn't. We have won ten international games in a row, though. Yeah, but so we always it, do it's that. good signs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, it's really for... frustrating. We always win all of our friendlies, and then we get to a. I mean, obviously Euros is an exception, but usually we win ten, eleven games in the run up, and then we yeah, just never we never build the momentum that other teams would build by winning ten, eleven games. Just yeah, England it... always seem to look the same. When you play against the sort of same teams over and over again, mm. qualifiers. It's it can be sort of you know a bit boring for viewers, but also for the players, it's not as you know challenging. Yeah. Playing games like Ivory Coast, though, I must say, it's it's not a team we also play against, so it's it does pose a good challenge, especially for the World Cup when we're playing against teams that we won't have played against recently. So, yeah. no, in, I was, in I was terms of that, it was, yeah, it's a good result, I think. 
And yeah, it was a good result. You can't moan. It's three nil, but it was just I. I will find a way. To... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even just I, so... even I'll admit, and you you guys know I'm not Sterling's biggest fan. He did look really good. Yeah, he was the best player on the yeah, field. Yeah, he think. did. He did shine quite a bit in that team. Uh, he'd definitely be starting at the World Cup for sure. Oh yeah, he would have started at the World Cup if he had like if he broke his leg. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he, mm. he always gets to start, um, which has annoyed me at times. But to be fair, he seems to be he seems to be kicking on again, which is. Good to see. Well, we also played Switzerland and we weren't as great in that one. I'd say we we're probably worse than that one against than against Ivory Coast. Although yeah. Shaw did score an absolute banger of a goal. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that was a cracker. Um, Thunder shot. But yeah, it's nice to see uh, uh, players come in that haven't played before, like Mark Wehi, Walker Peters, Tyrick Mitchell. These are the kind of players that you want to sort of embed at this level, so that you know if there's an injury crisis in the future, you won't have to have that you know that panic. With, especially with like you know Chilwell at the moment, who knows if he's going to be fit? It's a bit injury prone at the moment, so having that oh, option yeah. of of other players, it's always good. Oh yeah, and it's well, good think... that they're all young young guys coming through as well. They're like for the future. It's not like we're bringing in people for who are nearing the end of their yeah, year, absolutely. You know what I mean, they're, yeah, coming absolutely. In, they're coming in at twenty two, twenty three. Some of them are even younger. Like Bellingham's coming in at. How old is he now? 17, 18? I think he's 19 now. 19 now, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're all coming in right at the start. And you think, well, this is, we've, we've got 10 years of this. Do you know what I mean? So, if it's not Sweden now, mm-hmm. no, they've got time yeah, to still be able that to quality get into that the next decade. squad. But so, some of these players, you it was looked like he picked some of these players to be a showcase, maybe getting them into, maybe see what they can do to be picked for the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, I know we've got a good number of months before that but you just got to think with like players with like Reese James and Trent all being out if these players are fit these will be in the squad the other players like Walker Peakers and players like Mitchell and that they've got to fight for their position in this team yeah that's why I was somewhat disappointed about the lack of just hell for leather in the Ivory Coast game because you think all of these guys know their third choice in their positions so if you think if there is an injury in number one, then they they could really have kicked on in that game, made a point, and possibly uh, I know Southgate's quite stuck in his ways and he isn't easily changed, but they could have made a massive statement, um, especially against a team like Ivory Coast who were looking on the ropes for most of that game. But it is what it is. Uh, none of them none of them made any massive mistakes. None of them have written themselves off. We didn't lose, <laughs> so yeah, I think it was just it would have been. Nice for some of them if they'd really kicked on, like if, if you'd seen some real domination in that game. Definitely. Because um, it, it was their chance. Like like I say, you don't... We do do a lot of friendlies against a lot of samey teams, like you were saying. Um, yeah. And having a new opponent and a relatively mixed-up squad, it was a chance for somebody to really stand out. And I feel like the fact that Sterling was the best player on the pitch, and we already know he's England's number one choice, it was a bit... Yeah, I, well, I, th- I, I think... Go on, Joe. I think Bellingham um, stood out in the Ivory Coast game as well, because he did get man of the match. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, but we all know, like, sitting back, we all know that Bellingham is world-class. Like, he's playing for the... He's playing week in, week out from the age of 17 in the second-best team in Bundesliga. Like, we all know he's yeah. brilliant. And he's just not going to the England squad because of reasons. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, it would have been nice to see some of the some of the newer the newer guys on the scene to really kick off. But, like, yeah, Bellingham is new in the England squad because he hasn't really been picked. But we all know he's top quality, so you would expect it from him, which, yeah, sounds, if, which sounds harsh, but you know. If Calvin Phillips is still injured, then he's definitely in contention to be yeah, starting. exactly, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's quite difficult for some of the new players coming in to make an immediate impact. I think what they did do was 
quite well. You know, no major errors. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't uh, shoot themselves in the foot in any way. Yeah, yeah, they didn't run like, themselves contention. Yeah. So but, I, yeah, it's, it's positive, I'd say. Yeah. What did you guys think about um, Maguire getting booed just as a, a side? It's piece? not. It's not great to see, but because for England, he's been he's been very good for England. Yeah, I quite like him as an England centre back because of the way we play. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's even in a three at the back, he was he's quite good. Yeah. I think you know there's a lot of things going on from club club wise which does affect it. Um, he hasn't been great for United, but that's not really the point when you play for England. Um, Pickford hasn't been good for uh, for Everton, but when he plays for England, he's still very yeah, good. He's still, so still class. You sort of got to disregard that in a way, and just yeah. and I think I think it shows feeling. like we've got really short. Well, obviously we're we're not the kind of people that would boo a player for for no reason, but it shows you how short memory. Because a couple of like even a couple of years back, like Harry Maguire is like slabhead headers. Uh, he's the he's the the finishing product from the old like Love Train and stuff like that when they were doing corners. He was he was like mm. England's. He was one of the talisman, even though he's a yeah. centre back. And then it's he's one had, of our best players during the yeah, years. He's had two, two, what, two and a half bad seasons at United, which, but that hasn't affected his England uh, no. playing at all. Well, I, and I wouldn't say they're boot. bad seasons, though. I just think that he's he, he's a little bit error prone. He makes mistakes. I think it's just the team around him as well. It's not, it's not great. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. United's got more problems than Harry Maguire, but he's a he's an easy scapegoat because he tends to be the one that makes that final error if there's going to be yeah. an error. But yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see the point. But then also, it wasn't a huge amount of people that were booing. No, no, because I was actually at that game, yeah. and I didn't know until the next morning that there was actually booing in the stands. Yeah, because I, I mean, I most people it. I was no, most <laughs> people I was sat around with were cheering on Maguire to get his head on the ball every time we had a corner. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's one of the he is as considering all the attacking threat we have on paper. He's probably one of our more effective goal threats from a from a corner, and mm. um, yeah, and, and in an England shirt, he doesn't really make the same mistakes he makes in the United system. So it was a bit bit bizarre to hear that he was getting booed. Although during the United game against Leicester, it was nice to see the, the United fans chanting his name. Yeah, showing yeah, some no, support for him. Uh, should we move on quickly to the World Cup groups while we're still on the international games? Let's do it. That's big news. Uh, so England have drawn. Iran, America, and either uh, Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine, I believe, if that's correct. Yeah, that is so correct. It's a pretty easy, easy group. It's a, it's a fantastic draw in, in more ways than one. One, because we're definitely free favourites for it. Yeah. Two, there's a lot of, how would you say, political emphasis <laughs> on this. You know, Iran versus USA, England versus U, uh, Iran, England, USA, uh, U- Ukraine being there as well. Yeah, there's, I do. I do hope of... Ukraine get get into the group. Um, oh, everybody does. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope we're in the position to be able to throw the game against them and get them second place. I doubt it, but it would be nice. Yeah, it's it's quite hard to tell who was the second best team in that group, but regardless who you know goes through the playoffs, um, all of them are quite strong in each individual ways. I think in particular for the USA there and uh, and Canada as well, actually. The, the following World Cup, the one after that, is going to be in Canada, Mexico and the USA. So this is one that's sort of like a trial run for them. They've got a lot of young players, so it's it's more planned for the future. But they've still got good players, so they could make a real impact. I don't think we should write off Iran either because they've got some good players and they top their group in qualifying. Looks, um, yeah, it looks quite... I'm just trying to find some of the other draws, but um, there was a couple of groups that did stand out. I mean, um, I can go through them if you want. Uh, group, yeah. group A is uh, host Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands, 
Oh, we said Group B. Group C is Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Group D, France, uh, US, UAE, Australia, Peru, uh, whoever wins that one. And then Denmark, Tunisia. Group E is Spain, and then either Costa Rica or New Zealand, Germany, and Japan. Group F is Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Group G is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Group H is Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. So there's not really a group of death, really. No. Although quite evenly stretched out this time. Yeah, this the Spain and Germany group is gonna yeah. be quite interesting that 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 game between them. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a great World Cup. The the draw is quite kind to to England. Um, yeah, it looks like it will be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's um, gonna be a good World Cup and uh, definitely one we'll be trying to cover on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, whenever there's a draw like the World Cup, when the groups come out, you always get a little bit more hyped, uh, even though it's six months away still. But yeah, count down the days. Uh, just moving on from the World Cup, um, going to sort of club football now. Um, there's one Champions League game that happens during the international break, which is Real Madrid versus Barcelona women's. don't know if you, either of you saw this, um, but they actually broke the record for most attendance to a women's game. I think it's just shy of 100,000. Yeah, it's like 90... Oh, I can't remember the exact number. But the last one was during, I think it was America versus Canada in the 90s. Yeah, so it's a, it's a big, big story. Big, um, yeah. And it's, it's good for the women's game, actually. Uh, I believe it was cracking. I think it was like 5-2 to Barcelona in the end. But Yeah, 5-2. I think in aggregate it was 8-3. And a lot of people are saying this Barcelona team is probably the greatest, but greatest women's team of all time. They haven't lost a game all season. No, their their goal yeah. difference is like 114, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's um, just just giving that little shout out to women's football there. There's also been some Premier League news for next season. Um, Premier League will go back to five substitutions. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a, a good move for the Premier League? Mm, I don't know. I like the three subs. I think with the five, though, when they bring it in, you can only bring them in at, in at certain times of the game, at like half time, and then maybe two either side. So you can only make three in total uh, subs period periods of time. But I don't know. It's it's a weird one. It should probably help the bigger teams a bit more who have you know stronger score depth yeah. and better players on the bench. I guess we will only see the reality a bit once it actually happens. Yeah, I was gonna say. You could sort of look at it as it, it will help the smaller teams because they can uh, rotate out players. But most smaller teams don't have the squad depth to want to bring on five players. Like you couldn't, if, if you look at, I mean, we say smaller teams, all the teams in the Premier League have a, a fairly good. But yeah, you're looking at, you look at um, your Man Cities of the world. Hmm. They could field like three first 11s and probably still finish top four. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. it's um, that, that sort of the more substitutions, the better for a Man City. Whereas if you look at uh, maybe a Burnley, if they're still in the Premier League next season, they're going to they're gonna struggle to use the five substitutions in a way that's going to help them. Yeah, because they probably don't have the depth to, to want to do that, especially against a bigger team where they you would think it would help more because they can bring on the fresh legs against the bigger teams. But they don't want to swap out. You're not going to want to swap out your back line if you're playing City, are you? <laughs> so yeah. it's not yeah. necessarily going to be beneficial unless you park the bus and you bring off all your midfielders and put on five more defenders sort of thing. <laughs> I think yeah. for for the big teams as well when they come off from a Champions League week it will help as well because they yeah. can still play some of their bigger players but also have them rested at the same time yeah. so you can, you I, can either rate get out of the gate and 
score loads of goals and then bring them all off or you could do it the other way around sort of thing precisely yeah precisely so yeah i don't know we'll see how it works out but some teams might love it some won't five subs has obviously been in the fa cup and those sort of rounds and there has been a few i know now it's always the big teams that are left but there there was a few smaller teams especially non-league teams that did go quite far in the competition so whether the five subs helped them would be probably did to to be fair yeah probably I think I think in games where not to be uh, too on the nose, but in in games earlier in the competition when you're playing a weaker side, like there's a couple of divisions down, you're probably more likely to to not bring your best players at all, even if you do have five subs. So I feel like it's probably a, it's probably better for the smaller clubs at that sort of level of game. Like a giant killing is probably more likely if you've got more subs. Yeah. Um. But once you get once you even it out over a season, I do think it it benefits. The bigger clubs more um, yeah the, the golf yeah. in terms of teams it's not not as big in, yeah. in the in the premier league as it is in the fa cup so yeah we'll see be interesting to follow um and look forward to that next season uh moving back to this season though um we had a round of premier league fixtures i think there's two outstanding from when we're recording this i went just looking at the fixtures before um they were played None of them really like stood out as this is going to be a great game, apart from maybe the United Leicester City game. Liverpool and Man City both won two 0 against Watford and Burnley, respectively. Um, doesn't really change anything at the top. No, no. Yeah, um, Liverpool uh, Gomez in the um, that ball in for uh, was it Jota's goal? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, good to see him back playing. Yeah, um, even if it's out position. But. Yeah. I mean, Jota should have scored a couple in that game. Yeah. Watching the highlights, he he's headers. He should have scored. There was one that was like a free kick from or a corner, and he was just yeah, his head must, free man. His head must be a fifty pence piece. It's just kind of luck of the draw whether it goes on target when he heads the ball. <laughs> um, he's a he's a class player, but he his headers have always been a bit suspect for some reason. Yeah, I was going to say he's absolute class. What signing he's been for Liverpool. Oh yeah! If you think they've now got what have they got? They've got Mane, Firmino, Salah, Jota, and um, is it Diaz, the new guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah and Arigi, mate. And Arigi, yeah, the hero. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've got they they've got so many options up front, and then they play Gomez out of position, and he whips in a ball like that. It's just they are a bit of a joke. Yeah, it's, it is worrying. In terms of like other teams, like particularly yeah, United, yeah. you see the recruitment Liverpool have done yeah. the last couple of years to replace, you know, the, the aging players in Salah and you know, for me, you know, it's, it's it's great work to be fair. Yeah, I mean, they replace these players for players that are worth twenty million, um, and then the well, like um, they've replaced their front three before their front three have left. Mm, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, and it, it's looking. I don't know about what you guys have heard, but it's looking like Salah's getting ready to sign a new long-term deal as well so yeah possibly there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of uh, struggle with that getting like the yeah it's been on the table for, for a it. long time but yeah it's yeah i mean if he stays they're they're gonna be ridiculous definitely um probably one fixture that i don't and sean probably don't really want to talk <laughs> yeah, about but um <laughs> we we will it is it was a good result for brentford to be fair which was four one to chelsea no, I don't know, 4-1 to Brentford. Brentford. Well, I wish. You, you wish me. <laughs> <I wish. laughs> um, yeah, Brentford. Rudiger scores 30 yards. Um, 39 yards or something. It's, like it's furthest, the furthest goal yeah. Chelsea have scored. I think it's 10 years. 15, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think something like that. A long yeah. time. 
Great striker, actually. But when I first saw it, I thought, well, maybe the keeper should have done a bit better. But then no, the right angle <laughs> from behind behind Rudiger, yeah, you can see the yeah. curve and the, the pace on it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like uh, SEN's one, but from further mm. around, it was beautiful. But, Shame yeah. it didn't continue. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, feel, I, I saw the highlights that. It looks like Chelsea weren't weren't great at all. No, Mendy we were, made a few mistakes early we were all on. all over the place. Um, passing it out. Yeah, it, it was it was one of those it was one of those games where it's just like nothing. You think a goal like that, you think right, everyone's going to settle down because we we went one nil up. You think oh, everyone yeah. have settled down now. We've scored a worldie. Just see the game out. It's Brentford, and then obviously you forget they've got Tony and Ericsson and they can, yeah. they can they can pounce on a mistake, and then when Mendy starts making mistakes, and then the back line's all out of position, and we've got nothing going forward. I mean, the fact that our centre back scored a forty yard strike, and that was it. <laughs> it's kind of tells yeah. the story of our troubles up front. Zayac had a good opportunity. Yeah, he uh, it was I mean, well saved by. Yeah, Maya. that was a really good save. I think that would have made it two-one. Yeah, if he scored that. Um, but yeah, no, it was. It's just frustrating being because you don't know whether we're going to win three-nil and Havertz is going to come on and score 50, like every time he touches the ball, or whether it's going to be like that and we don't even look like getting in their box. Like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Yeah, I mean, off front. Our attack is so bizarre. I mean, the amount of money we've spent on it and the players that have come in with all of these. Like, think if you put, if you took Timo Werner when we first got him, Lukaku, <laughs> like, you'd think them two between them would be easily getting us in the title race. And then they both yeah. come in and neither of them really do anything. It's about £150 million pounds worth of yeah. players yeah. between them. Just between the two of them, yeah. And they've scored, what, 15 goals maybe? Yeah, about that. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's players coming back from international or if it's just, you know, in, in midfield, there's, there's Loftus-Cheek, Kante and, and Mount. It's not really, apart from Kante, it's not really the most defensive um, no. of formations. So maybe Brentford found a bit of space there. But all credit to Brentford and the way they played. And Christian Eriksen in the last couple of games for, oh, yeah. for Brentford and also for, for Denmark, where he's been scoring. It's, it's been great to see what a comeback for him. Yeah, I mean, I've got a soft spot for for, for Brentford and obviously with what happened to Ericsson seeing him come back and play the way he is is, is amazing it's just uh, annoying it was against Chelsea yeah <laughs> I wonder where he'll go in the in the summer because his contract's up yeah uh, they I only brought him in season. no I don't think he'll stay yeah but, six um, months it was he can only he's, he can't go to certain leagues can he because it depends on the rules on the uh, input the yeah yeah so um, his, his obviously his value won't be as high as what you it should be. So he'll be a good steal for anyone that will be going for free. Oh well, yeah, he will be, won't he? Of course he will. So, uh, I don't know if this sort of like stint at Brentford is a way to show other clubs that he can play and that he is fit. I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah, I'm sure um, that's the only reason he went there. But because um, I, d- I doubt he's a massive Brentford fan. Well, they got uh, a Danish <laughs> Danish manager, um, yeah. so that probably helps. Actually, a lot of their recruitment is Danish players or has been. Yeah. Especially in the championship. Who knows? Maybe uh, he stays, becomes a club legend. I doubt it. I imagine he'll go. <laughs> he'll probably go abroad. Yeah, probably. Maybe, uh, you never know. Maybe back to Tottenham. Who knows? Yeah, he might go back. I mean, well, he is rumored, isn't he? He is rumored to go back to Tottenham. They need to do something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I well, I saw Tuchel said that it's actually it might be down to his tactics. Um, I mean, he played a back four for which was a bit weird. Yeah, normally play a back five. Especially when we had Reese James fit as well, and he hasn't been on international duty, whereas Aspilicueta has. Just seems a bit. I do like I do like Aspilicueta, but he is getting on. Like he can't 
you can't expect him to cover the whole back line like he used to. You do need someone to alleviate some of that pressure, like a like a Reece James when you play and playing on pace. Yeah, you need you need someone to just get it out from the back um, yeah. and take some of the pressure off, uh, keep it in the midfield. Well, he'll definitely be leaving uh, end of the season. Mm. I think it'll be Barcelona. Of course, um, I've, oh, I believe he's actually so he's they've triggered Chelsea have triggered his um, contract extension. Oh really? Yeah, so he's um, we will. He may, if he does He's leave, got it, to agree it, with it, hasn't he? If, I think it's like an automatic. Yeah, but uh, I think, there's I, something in there that's a bit weird. I do. I, I think, have heard about it, but I don't know. Yeah, even if it's automatic, there's sometimes the players have to agree to it, especially if there's like someone who's been in the club for that long. They'll give him like you know the respect of asking, "Do you actually want to stay?" Because yeah. if he wants to go bugger off back to to Spain, I, I don't think Chelsea would stand in his way at all. Oh no, no, no I don't. No. I don't. I think what it is is there to make a little bit. Yeah, of we have money to, we'll, I, we'll sell him rather was, than. It was the same with Giroud when we sold him. His contract was up, but he, he played enough games to trigger his contract. So, yeah, um, I get that. AC, but... AC Milan won him, bought him for like five mil or something. How much are you going to get for Aspira Quetta? Probably five million as well. Probably five, yeah, five or six. That's it. It's just it's just to do just get that five million. It's not to listen, listen Toby. We're skidding. Let him go free. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got no money. Look, um, I, with, with United in the past, with with uh, Lingard, we signed him on for a, a contract extension, even though he could have left for like ten mil in, because we wanted a bit more than that, and then that backfired massively. Not saying that will happen with Aspilicueta, but I don't know. Sometimes you just got to let people go. Uh, should we uh, move on? The other games, obviously, this week we've had Brighton versus Norwich, which was a nil-nil. Brighton carry on their run of never winning a game in April. <laughs> Um, Leeds and Southampton was one all, uh, and then we've got Wolverhampton versus Aston Villa, which was a two two one. To oh, Wolves. Yeah, that, it looked like a fairly good game, but also the uh, big game, which Toby probably wouldn't been too happy. United versus Leicester. Um, yeah, well, I'm happy with the result. The one or we didn't deserve that, so getting a draw out of that game was was very good. They did have a goal disallowed, uh, Leicester due to a foul on Varane, which at the time I thought was very light. Even now, I think it was very, very light. So yeah. they were very unlucky with that. Um, in general, we were very poor uh, for the first half. Actually, to be fair, both teams were very poor. If Leicester had Vardy up front or someone a bit more clinical than Ian Acho, although he did score, he had a lot of chances. Uh, they could have you know, won it quite comfortably. But yeah, not great. Fred scored a nice goal. Um, he played pretty well, but yeah, other than that, not great. Yeah, I think I think it just sort of solidified top four is gone for you guys. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. you've played thirty, um, and Arsenal, who are fourth, have got they're on twenty eight games and they're three points ahead. Um, yeah, and it's also made the uh, just the Europa League places look pretty tasty. To be fair, I think um, even Tottenham have a better chance of finishing above us. They've got a game. In I mean, hand they've got well. game in hand, level on points. Yeah, West Ham have played one more than you and on fifty one as well. But you've got Wolves who have played one more than you, only two points off you in eighth. Leicester have got two games in hand, but they're pretty far off the pace. To be fair, I think it's sort of you've got Liverpool and City have run away with it, um, and then you've got Chelsea, Arsenal. We've got a tough run as well. United, yeah. we've got we yeah. got Liverpool, Arsenal, and Chelsea coming up, yeah. so they'll be pivotal actually. Yeah, I think I I'm, I genuinely think you might miss out on Europe this year. I think Wolves might pip you. It's a real possibility. Well, I'd... I'm not sure I, about that, but we won't. I don't think we'll get top four. Um, Champions League is pretty much. Oh no, Champions League gone. long gone. Yeah, I was talking about Europe. Yeah, yeah. Europe. <laughs> yeah, I, 
Well, I don't know. The conference. Depends on other teams, how well they do in their yeah. next future fixtures. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, just mentioning one game, which we all haven't watched, but um, it's just finished while we've been recording. West Ham beat Everton 2-1. Um, so that moves West Ham up to fifth in the Premier League, playing 31 games. Yeah. Obviously, just got fifth, 51 uh, points. All level on Tottenham and United, yeah. um, but it's a good good win. Michael Keane got sent off. Um, just moves Everton closer to that relegation. I mean, they're still three points clear with two games in hand over Watford. But good, it might spell a bit of uh, motivation for Burnley. Could mm, for sure. Yeah, I mean Burnley. Just scrape out. Burnley are on uh, what they've got four point. They're four points behind Everton, level on games. So it's yeah. yeah. It all depends about the form coming up. I mean, the running theme in the last few podcasts has been about Everton, really, and I, it's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah, Lampard is not the best manager. No, he's completely out of his depth. Um, yeah, and, and some of his answers to like um, interviews and stuff have been very worrying. He's just said, like, oh, fluke goals, you know, nothing we can do. He's taking no responsibility or, or, or blame for what's happening. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at the way Gerard has gone into management and you look at where Lampard's gone into it and it's just two very different uh, Yeah. Well, Lamp- Lampard, did, Lampard did really well at Derby. But um, that's because he got loads didn't... of free players yeah, he on got... loan. He <laughs> yeah. uses connections, which have worked out very well. Yeah, you... But then he just hasn't done anything. He just can't. Yeah cut it his, in the Premier League his really first season as at Chelsea when we had the transfer ban was yeah that was impressive. that was good that was good uh, and then since then it's just yeah it's just not gone not gone particularly well I think he's probably very good at galvanizing a team of players that want to impress um, yeah I agree I agree Everton don't look like they want to impress they he's all look like, they all look like they want to go. yeah yeah he's almost he's almost should be a number two um to somebody who really he will. Doing. He will be soon. I tell you. Yeah. I don't think he'll survive the season. No, I, I think. I think. I think he'll be. He'll probably be there to be relegated, and then that'll be if they if they stay up or get relegated. I don't think they'll keep. Him. Yeah. Uh, let's just give some love to the the Northerners, not Northerners, the Northern Northerners, the Scottish people. <laughs> uh, Celtic beat Rangers two one today uh, in the Old Firm derby. Aaron Ramsey scored for Rangers. But that the win for for Celtic means they go six points clear, uh, even though Rangers were ahead of them earlier in the the year. So yeah, oh, wow. it's quite big. Six pointer. Yeah. yeah, definitely. There's a there's a few six pointers coming up in a lot of different leagues. So um, yeah, be interesting to follow them. A new feature I'm gonna add in um, is a player of the week. So I just want you two to pick your player of the week. Can it be from the international break, the, the last couple? Yes, yeah, yeah, it can, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go for Gareth Bale. Uh, he's a single, well, I wouldn't say single-handedly, but pretty much carried Wales through almost to the World Cup. If they get through that last playoff, it'll be amazing to see. Um, but yeah, his, his his free kick was arguably, it was the best free kick I've seen in a long, long time. Phenomenal. That's my pick, Gareth Bale. Sean? Um, oh, it's hard to pick. I mean... If we hadn't lost that game, I would have said Rudiger just for that finish. Uh, <laughs> uh, but to be fair, I think it's give, pro- give it to Ericsson, mate. I probably will, yeah. Just for just for the fact that they've come to Chelsea and Ericsson is obviously the, a very important part of that Brentford team, and they've come to they've come to Chelsea and just wiped the floor of us. Yeah, just Ericsson. He's just class. I, I just really like him. I just wish he didn't didn't beat us. He scored on his, <laughs> for his first shot as well yeah. uh, for, for Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, when he came, when he came back. back. He'd literally been, he hadn't even been on the pitch that long, had he? It was his first no, sort of... 60th minute I came on. Yeah. One touch. Class player. Yeah, you, you don't <laughs> lose that. 
Uh, should we move on to F1? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Uh, so since we last recorded, there's been the Saudi Arabia Jeddah Grand Prix. And it's, yeah, it was an interesting race. Was I'd say probably the first race was maybe a bit more thrilling for race, but there was some key moments. Yeah, it depends a lot what you retirements. like. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot happened in this race, to be fair. Yeah. Even before it started, the Sonoda was out. Uh, Schumacher is out for that heavy, heavy, heavy crash. Yeah, it looks like yeah he, luckily he... Do you see the car off? That was right. absolute Yeah, it's going to cost... Well, it fell apart, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's going to cost them uh, almost a million, I think it was a million dollars or a million pounds. I don't know how they split it. But they get... The, obviously, the cap is 140 million a season. Yeah. Um, including development, upgrades, everything. And uh, mm. it's going to cost them a million quid just to fix that car. Uh, yeah, no wonder why, they can race Yeah, it. they didn't run another car. Uh, in the race, they just thought we'll give give Schumacher the weekend off. He can let yeah, his brain recover. Pretty smart, to be fair. Yeah, save the um, chassis. Yeah, so well, I th- I think it was also that they've only had they didn't have enough chassis that if he crashed in Australia, they wouldn't be able to race in Australia yeah. as well as this race. So they would save it for Australia until then they come back to Europe. Plus, for, it's 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 Plus it takes well. yeah. If you don't just have another, if you're not a Mercedes or a Red Bull, and you don't just have another chassis to roll out that you've already stress tested you could put him in a car that you have run and it runs fine and as soon as he goes around a high-speed corner and takes a little bump his car just splits in half yeah, like the, the yeah. force is at play if there's a tiny little crack somewhere in the car you're writing off a second car wasting another million dollars just for a dnf so i feel like with a team like Haas, who are really quite impressive this season there's no reason to shoot yourself in the foot especially when you've got k mag pulling out fifth place finishes yeah spoiler. <laughs> yeah yeah, it's um, Sergio Perez obviously um, finished fourth, but yeah, he was a bit unlucky this race with the safety car. A bit hitting. unlucky. <laughs> yeah, <just> a <laughs> so unlucky. Hitting... You would have won it if that you know the safety car didn't happen. You would have won it quite comfortably, I think. But, yeah, 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 Ferrari. Tired, Ferrari. Yeah, with the tire degradation and things like that, there was no way anyone was catching him. All the the tires seemed fine pretty much the whole way through the race. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the pit the pit stop screwed him over. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because it gave Leclerc the number one spot from the pit, and then uh, Verstappen. Well, it was it was interesting fight at the end with the DRS uh, yeah. uh slowing down to try and not get. It was the same thing that caused um, Hamilton and Verstappen to crash uh, last season, uh, where Verstappen just slammed on the brakes to almost let Lewis past. Oh, that was a bit more nefarious. Though. Yeah, that was yeah. slightly more. There, there wasn't as much respect between the two. Let's put it that way. Um, whereas Leclerc and Verstappen, it was almost like we're still at race pace, but we've taken like 10% off it to try and let the other one pass just before that DRS detection zone. Yeah, um, it's very, very hard to break that the DRS gap or get out that one second yeah, gap. It's, but once you do, you're, you're pretty much fine. But that's yeah. what we want to see, though. We want to see that close combat yeah, fighting. I mean, the new cars are designed purely for that reason, that everyone can get within that second and stay there. It fights off that dirty air effect and you can you can actually stay within that pocket, which should lead to more overtakes. Yeah, which is uh, always a good thing and it makes it a bit more interesting. Obviously, there was a little battle between Ocon and Alonso. Um, yeah, that was, yeah that was great to see. <laughs> to- totally illogical, though. I mean... Early on in a race, you do not want to be fighting your teammate. I don't see the point in that. But uh, also, Alonso, his car packed in eventually. I don't know if that was a thought of him pushing too hard early on. But yeah, you know, if I was a like... team principal, I'd be like, maybe race at the end. But you know, first yeah. like first 40, 50 laps, just you know, take it easy. 
Because the first, well, I mean, the first he, two races, he's... we've had a lot of powertrain issues. So letting your teammates race each other is a bit riskier than it normally would be. It's great to see, though. Yeah, it's good it's, to see. It's, it's always fun to watch. I mean... I mean, obviously, with the uh, Red Bull engines, they're now in-house. They're making their own engines. So whether that's a bit of inexperience from them and they have, like, uh, Alpha Tauri and teams yeah. like that. Um, but with the Mercedes, whether it's the engines are pushing too hard because the, the drag is too much for them and they're actually doing more work than more stress. Yeah, yeah they, still, they still pull poison. Yeah, they've they've admitted that they're uh, almost a second and a half off the pace, um, and they've got their aero package completely wrong. Um, I think over the next three races, they've got three upgrades, so they're doing something to the floor for the next race to fix the porpoising issue, mm-hmm. and then there's another aero package on top of that for the race after, and then the following race they're swapping out their powertrain. So it's because they have to go that long before they get a penalty. I think it is. That's why they're yeah. like that. Yeah. Instead of doing it all in one race, they've stretched it out. Um, just to see whether the improvements actually fix anything. I was going to say a really poor race for Hamilton, but he, he did have a good run, actually. Um, he brought off a few positions, and it was just that the, the pit stop that he missed, and then that yeah. kind of screwed him over a bit. But George Russell had a good good race. Yeah, I mean, you can, of... you can tell who's used to driving a crap car. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's Hamilton just seems to melt. Um, he can't really uh, get a handle of this car. And then, obviously, you've given George Russell a... a they're the third fastest team on the grid, obviously. With George Russell finishing in fifth, they're the third fastest team on the grid. Um, and Hamilton finishing tenth after qualifying, what, 15th? I think it was. 16th. 16th, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he didn't get into Q2. So, yeah, it's quite poor from Hamilton. Um, especially someone with his experience, you'd think he maybe will have a handle on that car, but he's obviously had such a smooth, perfect machine for six years now. Yeah, six, seven maybe years. he's pushing a little bit too hard. It's hard to tell. Yeah, he did he's... say that the, the setup was completely wrong during quali. Yeah, which was pretty obvious, but yeah, yeah. it's just just yeah. the next few races they need to sort it out. Yeah, Hamilton I think in particular. I think they will pull away from uh, from Haas, who seem to be the team closest to them in sort of fourth sort of position. I yeah. think they'll pull yeah. away from that more over the next couple of races. But um, yeah, it's nice to see it shaken up. But it would have been nice if and to see Haas go from dead stone cold last to fourth best team on the grid by the looks of things. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's good to that's, see. That's amazing. Um, but it, equally sad to see McLaren fall from grace like they have. Well, they did have a good race. Uh, did, they did have a good race with Norris. He yeah, came, Nor- yeah like, Norris. Yeah. He, he's, they, he said they're sort of coming back now. So whether it was a blip, why they figured out what was wrong with the brakes or something. Yeah, Ricardo retired though, didn't he? Yeah, there's, there's yeah. definite issues within the engine of the car. But then that's all provided by Mercedes. Yeah, which this is this is the thing so mercedes powertrain is obviously not up to scratch um and then the aero package of mclaren is obviously nothing compared to mercedes and mercedes are complaining about their aero package so imagine how hard the engine's working in that mclaren so it's yeah it's not gonna it's not looking like it's gonna be a good season for mclaren even if they do bring improvements there's only so much you can do when your engine's supplied by a team that themselves are not performing as well as they should be. Yeah, Um, I think maybe from like five races in, then you can sort of hope to see where the car should be. If you're not there at that point, then you you should really be worrying. Yeah, I think for for Hamilton in particular, if he continues any longer this, you know, not developing, then contention for you know getting the world championship is you know might not happen. Yeah, it's it's looking 
very much like Hamilton's going to be sort of fifth or sixth best driver this year, which is not this is ridiculous from where he has been. He has been a world a world beater easily and he's on his own without worrying about the car. Um, yeah, this, he's really off the pace this year. But obviously, it's massive changes to all the cars. Seeing that as many drivers have done this well with brand new cars, it's quite impressive to see. Yeah, we still got twenty one races to go, so it could be. Uh, oh, yeah, this it, could all could be all completely change. wrong, and it could be upside down. <laughs> Just yeah, Grand Joe could win the whole thing. Who knows? <laughs> China would love that. <laughs> Just going back to Hamilton, uh, continues to break records. He's broken another of Michael Schumacher's records. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, most appearances with the same team. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I think it was 180. Yeah. It was a Schumacher Ferrari, wasn't it? Second. And also big news for American F1 fans. It looks like F1 will be going back to Las Vegas, but actually having a proper race this time, not round there. Uh, a car park. Sit a car park yeah, no, in the going, Caesar's Palace. They're going down the strip, aren't they? Yeah. And it's a night race, so it should look amazing. It's on yeah. Saturday night time, so it'll be yeah. our, our time early Sunday. But yeah, it's a weird track. It's it's road, yeah, like a road track, but it's very square. Around. Yeah, it's it doesn't look great, I must admit, yeah. but you, you never know um, until you actually see it. Yeah. Um, also, we need to know what barriers and stuff they use because obviously in America, especially Vegas, the roads are very wide, which could negate yeah. some of the issues that you have in Jeddah and you have in uh, Monaco with very narrow, high-speed tracks with a lot mm. of crashes and issues. Because um, even in Jeddah, we saw that they pushed a lot of the barriers back and they only managed to push back like half a yard. It didn't make much difference at all, but that's yeah. as wide as that track's ever going to be added to the I think it will be wider uh, if, yeah, if you saw looks... the, the long straight in Las Vegas it, oh yeah that thing should huge. be yeah it should be able to have all the uh if you think that will that be because that won't be the pitch straight will it so that's going to be a really wide piece of track which could get very interesting uh, especially on I think it's like two kilometers long yeah it's it's, it's going to be if that's the if it's a double DRS zone that would be incredible um because you could yeah, probably have like... you could probably have five six cars wide all trying to do it's on each other in the first couple of laps it'll be it, it could be it could be epic but um chances are it'll be very it'll be a slow track for the rest of it and then you get to the strip and it's a drag race and then it's a slow track again so it could be a very drs dependent track um but who knows yeah. until we get there looking forward yeah to it'd it. be interesting to see what they uh, what their race is just to, before we end f1 just like the football can i have your driver of the week or driver for this race which was last week mine would have been alonso if he hadn't uh conked out uh <laughs> I, th I think um, probably Magnussen beating the life out of that car. It's amazing seeing he come back in with no, um, he had no time at all, uh, pretty much because Nikita was removed from the team maybe two weeks before the season started. Yeah. Um, and the fact he's come in two point scoring performances in two races um, outdid Hamilton in this race. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, maybe I'll just go for Perez because I feel bad for him. <laughs> So since we last recorded, uh, you've released a new article on the Pitch Sider, Toby. I have indeed, yes. Yeah, it's on the pitchsider.com. This one, this article is about um, the cost of English players and is there a premium uh, that is paid for them. So, yeah, if you want to check that out, go ahead. Some people said it's an interesting read. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've read it and it was um, actually quite informative, quite, I learned, I learned stuff. So oh, good. Good. <laughs> that's the aim of it. That's good. Uh, should we move on to the quiz? The return of the gravel versus guest. 
oh, I'm definitely going to let the side down. <laughs> so um, just to remind the listener, we it's currently 2-0 to the guest. Um, so this week we've got Toby versus Sean. We've got 10 questions. Have you got buzzers, guys? I'll go for my standard buzz. I'll go, for, I'll go for a ding. Let's go for it. Oh. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, so the first five questions are on F1. Uh, so question one. In 1976 season, Nicky Lauda survived a near fatal crash. But what crap, What track did this occur? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. I remember seeing it. It was in Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was in Russia. <laughs> I can give you a clue if you need. I know it's in Europe. Yeah. It's in Germany, isn't it? I was thinking even... It's It's a very, very famous track. I'll go Spa. Ding, Nuremberg, I don't know. Buzz Spa. Nürburgring. Nürburgring. Yeah, Sean Sean is correct. It's Nürburgring. It was between that. that, I was thinking, is it that or is it Hockenheim? But I couldn't... (laughs) That's good knowledge. So that's uh, one point, Sean. Uh, Question two. The Ferrari racing team have won over 200 F1 races. Which Ferrari driver won their 100th victory in 1990 at a French Grand Prix? Buzz? Toby? Prost? Yes. (laughs) 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 So it's currently 1-0. Question 3. At the 2005 US Grand Prix, how many cars lined up on the grid? Three. You were both wrong. I didn't say Sean anything. Sean was close. Sean didn't say anything. I did not. No, I was going to say ding six, but he then buzzed. <laughs> well, Toby's wrong and Sean's right. Yeah. Three what? Teams. Three teams, six cars. <laughs> I, I, thought you said, I thought you said five, Sean. No, 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 no. I was about to say, yeah. I know. It was, I think it was Ferrari 1 2, that race. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was six. an orchestrated race. It was a driver uh, about the tyres, wasn't it? Yeah, some dispute or something. Yeah, Yeah, it's a dispute over the time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Question four. Vettel has has been at five different F1 teams, but can you tell me which one is missing? So the the teams I have are Red Bull, Ferrari, Aston Martin, and Toro Rosso. What is the missing team? Uh, Buzz? Toby? Sauber? Yes. So it's... Two all coming up to the fifth question. Uh, name the driver. So I'll give you teams and I just want the name of the driver. Okay. Uh, so he started his career at Toro Rosso, then moved to Renault, uh, and then went to McLaren. Any guesses? He started where, sorry? Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso. Yeah. And then went to Renault. Yeah. And then went to McLaren. There's one more team, but I just want to know if you want any <laughs> guesses. Or I can give you the last team. Go on, give me the last team. It is Ferrari. Uh, science. Buzz, science. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Post buzz. Uh, question six. We're now on football teams. This is, uh, where, this is where I go completely. <laughs> that, that oh, uh, so, which country became the first African team to score four goals in the World Cup during the 2014 tournament in Brazil? 2014? Um, ding Nigeria, even though that's wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. <laughs> Toby? Cameroon. No. I will, I'll give you a further clue, just see if you can get it. 
Their game they played was against South Korea and they won 4 2. Oh, Buzz, Senegal. No, you're still wrong. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I just throwing out an African nation now? Yeah, um, I guess. What year was it? 4 2? 2014. 2014. The, the Brazilian World Cup. Uh, Kenya? No, it's Algeria. Algeria. Question seven. Two teams played in the 2018 World Cup for the first time. Can you name both? I'll take a guess at one of them. <laughs> I'll go to Tunisia? Um, no. Oh, okay. Play each other for the very first time? No, this is, they're both, both of these teams made their World Cup debuts oh. in 2018. They didn't play each they other. They didn't play each other. They've, okay. they've, it's the first time in their World Cup. Oh, I got one now. Can I buzz in? Yeah. Panama? Yes, Panama is one. There's still one more. I don't think it'd be European. Saudi Arabia? No, it's not no. Saudi Arabia. I have no I idea. Give, I'll give you the last one if you want. Iceland. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have got that. So that's Toby half a point. So that makes it three and a half to two <laughs> nice gap <laughs> healthy healthy gap uh question eight how many world cups have there been won on a penalty shootout how how many world cup finals have oh, been won God. on a penalty uh, shootout ding six no three you were close it's two. Oh, i thought it was way more than that <laughs> it was brazil in 94 and italy in 2006 you can still bring you should still win this, Sean. <laughs> yeah. next two from two. Let's go. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you the clubs and I want you to name the player. So he started at Wolverhampton Wanderers in 97 to 99. Then 99 to 2000, moved to Coventry City. Then from 2000 to 2001, went to Inter Milan. Buzz, Buzz. It's for Keane, Robbie Keane. Yes. Oh. No chance of me getting that. <laughs> <laughs> so he went from Inter Milan, he went on loan to Leeds, then moved to Leeds, then went to Tottenham, then Liverpool, then back to Tottenham, yeah. then went on loan to Celtic to West Ham. So he would have had to get to that bit for me to get it. <laughs> then went then went to LA Galaxy, yeah. then Aston Villa on a loan, and then ATK, which I think is a yeah, Greek that, team? No, it's uh, oh. Indian. Indian. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you some clubs and I want you to tell me which one is the fake club he went to. Who? Uh, so it's Mark Swarza. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He, so the, I'm going to give you a couple of clubs and just tell me which one is wrong. So he went, so it's Bradford City, Chelsea, West Ham, Leicester City and Fulham. Which one is? West Ham. West, yeah, West Ham. So yeah, West Ham is yeah. correct. So that's... Wasn't it enough? <laughs> no, <laughs> Toby definitely won that. Yeah, it's it close. Four and, half, four and a half to three. It was close. Yeah, yeah. good effort, boys. Let's side down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that makes it two-one in the overall standing. We're bringing it back, clawing it back, bringing it back. And that leads us to the end of our podcast. Please like and review our podcast and get in contact with us on our socials uh twitter is at the pitch cider instagram is at grass and gravel podcast and facebook is at the grass and gravel podcast or by email is grass and gravel podcast at gmail.com 
with any questions or comments you have for us. We may feature them on the next episode. Uh, thank you for joining us, Sean. Sure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And uh, as usual, Toby, thank you for joining me. Thanks, mate. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for the listener for listening. And goodbye. <laughs>